Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. I seem fun, the Diary of Jen Kirkman podcast. Just a little quick intro for you. This is the July 4th episode, and I had a bunch of episodes taped in advance, and I was just going to roll one out. And then I was like, I'll do one that's kind of current. So I pushed them back. So you probably hear one in two weeks. It's like, what? This is from like June. Yeah, that's how I do it. Anyway, this episode is sponsored by Talkspace.com, the online therapy company, and Away Luggage. Oh, my God. I can't wait to tell you about them. Now, go to my tour dates, jenkirkman.com. Get all your tickets. I'm coming all over the country, a couple places in Canada. Get your tickets. Get your tickets. Somebody tweeted me today and said, I don't want to go see you in Toronto because I want to see you for more than five minutes. I don't know where he got that idea. I'm not just doing five minutes. I'm not going to fly to Toronto for a comedy festival to do a five-minute set. I'm doing three one-hour shows plus my podcast in Toronto. Everything is on my website. It's that same with Montreal Festival. There ain't no five-minute sets. It's all one-hour shows. JenKirkman.com. Click tour dates. And uh, take a picture of your ticket, hashtag JKTour2017. I'm checking that hashtag. I'm retweeting, you guys. The the venues I perform in love it. It makes me, what's the word? I don't know. They love it. They just, they love it. They love me. It helps everything, I promise. If you already have tickets, you can just buy them recently, do it too. But let's get these sold out before, oh, if I have to keep saying this in September, I'm going to punch someone. That's right. Enjoy the episode. I see fun. I see fun. The Diary of Jack Kirkman Podcast. Hello, I seem fun, friends. Happy 4th of July to ya. When America declared its independence from England. Well, this year, maybe we'll declare our independence from Russia tired of you people on the left and the right who don't think it's real. We just read a fucking paper. But right now, enjoy my podcast. We're not going to talk about politics. Coming at you from a hotel room on the Lower East Side. Why are you still in New York, Jen? Are you ever coming back? Uh, for like two seconds. Like, I'll actually be in LA on the 4th of July and then coming right back to New York. I have to run home 
for a little business meeting, rearrange some suitcases, come back. I got to do a photo shoot for my jewelry thing that I can't talk about yet. And then pack for Montreal. I'll be at the festival doing my show, Irrational Thoughts at the Mainline Theater. I think I have at least four or five performances. So please get tickets or I'll be so embarrassed. Tell everyone that you know that lives in Montreal to come see me. Huh. Anyway, so what was I going to say? Oh, so I check into this. So what happened was I ended up uh, being needed an extra week at my writing job. And kind of at the last minute, they're like, can you stay next week? And I was like, okay, but my Airbnb in Brooklyn is over. And they're like, we'll put you up in a hotel. Where would you like to stay? I'm like, I guess the Lower East Side. So. Sorry. Why did I think it would be a good time to eat a watermelon when I'm talking on a microphone? So I check in to the hotel. And I walk in and there's a desk, as, you, as there always is in a hotel in the lobby. And there's a guy sitting behind it. And I start talking. So this is what happens. So I leave my uh, Airbnb. I uh, leave it on a Tuesday morning. And I have to be at work uptown. On location. So I take a, uh, I, I, you know I'm a subway girl, but I had a giant heavy suitcase, a carry-on bag, and two other things. So I took a lift to the Lower East Side to drop all my things at the hotel. You know that thing you do when you leave your bags at the front desk and they give you a little tag for them? And then you come back later when it's time to check in. So I walk in about 9 a.m. and I said, hey, I have a room tonight. I know it's early. I'm sure my room's not ready. It doesn't matter anyway because I got to skedaddle up to work. But can I leave my bags with you? And he goes, this isn't the lobby. Oh, sure as fuck could have fooled me because you see, I walked in the door of the hotel and you're a man behind a desk and I'm in a lobby. And he goes, it's on the 14th floor. Oh, good for you. It's on the 14th floor. Go fuck yourself. What do you think? That's cute. You think that's cute that it's on the 14th floor? This is a fun place. You never know what's going to happen. Yeah, I don't want to have that kind of surprise. I'll pay, go to a haunted house if I want to get all confused. Amaze. So I get in the elevator. And then say, look, beautiful view. It's a little cafe. But there's no need for this nonsense. You know, just put the cafe on the 14th floor. Don't make people lug their fucking... Do you know what I'm saying? Like, you got to lug all your suitcases in the elevator just to get to the lobby. And isn't the whole point of checking in that you check in and then someone goes, do you want me to take your bags to your room? And you're like, yeah, do that. And you just get in the elevator unencumbered. So I go up and I say, Hey, I'm, you know, the whole story I just gave you, she goes, okay, well I'll check you in now, but you have to leave your bags in the lobby. I go, I thought I was in the lobby. She goes on the downstairs level. I go, that guy told me to come up here. She goes to check in. I go, but I didn't tell him I was checking in. I told him I wanted to leave my bags. And she goes, we have to bring him back down. I go, this is ridiculous. I didn't really say that. I go, oh God, it's pretty complicated having your lobby up here, isn't it? So I bring the bags down and I give them to the guy. I go, she said originally I was just supposed to give them to you. He doesn't even, he just ignores that I even said that. 
He's like, if you need any recommendations of where to go today, I got that. I live here. I can't, oh, my ego can't handle it. I'm not a tourist in New York. So I just lied. I live here. They're doing something to my apartment. So he goes, oh, I go, but, I, but also I just said one minute ago, I'm going to work. He can't remember me from a minute ago. The girl with the same luggage that you're making me run all over the hotel for. So then I work a long day and 12 hours later, I come back to the hotel and I say, here's my luggage tag. And he just stares at me, just staring at me. Not like staring like, oh, you're so beautiful, but just like looking through, I go, do you, you have my luggage, right? He goes, yeah. So you wanted me to get it? No, I wanted you to take a shit on it and just, yes. And he goes, did you, let me check you in. I go, I checked in this morning and don't I have to go check in on the 14th floor if you want me to check in? He goes, there's a private event there tonight. I go, so the lobby is not open tonight. He goes, this is the lobby tonight. I'm like, you should just all have the lobby in the same place, preferably on the downstairs level. Yeah, there's a private event tonight. I go, okay. So he goes, how did you pass the time? I go, excuse me? He goes, how did you pass the time? I go, I I don't know what that question means. He goes, today. I go, oh, uh, I went to work. Then he launches into a big spiel. The restaurant's not open tonight. The room service because of the event. But if I need any recommendations, I go, it's fine. I got it. And I wanted to go into it. Now, I'm staying in a hotel that literally, literally used to be the Luna Lounge on Ludlow Street. Or I think the Italian restaurant next door used to be. That is where, if you read in my first book, I can barely take care of myself. That is where I was in Boston. I decided I was at a party. And somebody had a copy of the Village Voice, even though it's a New York paper and we're in Boston. And uh, I read about this alternative comedy night that uh, Mark Marin and Janine Garofalo were at. And I didn't know who these people were, but I enjoyed what I read about these people. And I was like, that's the kind of comedy I want to do. I want to do this Luna Lounge, uh, not alternative comedy, but that's what they were calling it back then. But it reminded me of that episode of 90210 where Brenda decides she's a hippie witch and she stays at this woman's apartment, which back then I thought was so cool. And now apartments like that bum me out. <clears throat> and she tries stand up. She just like talks at a coffee shop and she's funny. And I was like, that's what I want to do when I grow up, but I'm in high school right now. So then in Boston, I couldn't find any comedy to start. This is in 1996. And I was looking, I mean, there wasn't internet, there wasn't Google. I mean, if there was, I mean, I didn't have it. It was, I was like looking through the paper, like open mic. How do I find comedy? I couldn't find anything. I auditioned to be in an improv group. And I was like, I don't want to be in an improv group. I think I, I got into it, but I was like, And I was like, fuck it. I'm moving to New York for this Luna Lounge. And I went to stay with my friends who lived in Brooklyn. And I mean, I moved in with them. I didn't stay with them. They had an extra bedroom. And, uh, well, it was barely a bedroom, but I moved in. And I went down to Luna Lounge. I mean, again, if you read my book, this isn't it, but maybe you don't remember. And, you know, it's a bar. But the showroom was not a bar. It was like a little back theater, you know, tiny. 
you know, like a rock club, there's a stage, but there's not theater seats in it. So I don't know that it's not a comedy club every night. So I show up at this Luna Lounge on a Saturday afternoon or something at like noon. I say to the bartender, I want to perform here. He's like, okay, well, I don't have anything to do with that. I'm like, well, where's the guy? He's like, this is a bar. The show is called Eating It at Luna Lounge. He goes, Eating It is Monday nights. You have to, there's some guy that books it. I think you probably have to make a tape. I'm like, make a tape? Well, I've never done comedy. So how can I make a tape if I haven't done comedy? I would like to start doing comedy at Eating It at the Luna Lounge. And he's like, I don't know if that's how it works. I'm like, what? Excuse me, New York. Jen Kirkman has arrived to be part of this comedy scene with Mark Marin and Janine Garofalo and Todd Berry and all these people. Now, excuse me, please make, make some room. And the guy was like, I don't know what to tell you. So I sat down defeated by the world at the bar. Huh, well, I'm going to need a beer at noon or whatever. And I pull up my Merit Ultralight cigarettes and I smoke, because you could smoke inside there back then, people. Ludlow Street, 169 or one something, 71. Just sitting there griping to the bartender. Why is life so hard? Why do you have to make a tape? Why can't I just become a comedian today? And then I moved back home a week later, because I was like, Moo. no one will let me just be a comedian. And I started in Boston. A year later, I finally found some stand-up comedy. In July of 1997, thanks to my now friend, he wasn't at the time, I didn't know who he was, Eugene Merman. Thank you, Eugene. This is my 20th year in comedy. Man, did I think I'd be more successful than him. (laughs) But I don't, but see, that's what young dumb Jen thought. Current Jen is like, hey, pretty good. Doing pretty good. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so that's Ludlow Street. So this little, I was going to say twink. That's not, this little tink. What's a tink? Just like a young guy. This little guy, you know, you know, like going for it with his job. You know, maybe like 26 years old. I was like, yeah, honey. Fuck, this is 2017, 2000. Oh my dear God. 98 is when I went there, 99. <laughs> like the kid, this guy might have been three years old. And he's telling me recommendations on Ludlow Street. I don't think so. I'll tell you recommendations. Get in a time machine, son, and go to the Luna Lounge and finally be able to perform there. Because you got some heat and some buzz in Boston. And they did an article about you in the Boston Globe. And they called you the female Lenny Bruce. That's right. That's what they called me. They really did. And I was thrilled, which is embarrassing. And then I moved to New York and they let me perform there after only a year of being a comedian. And I do sort of well sometimes and mostly not well and... I hang out with the comedians and we go to the hat, the Mexican place that's no longer there, I don't think. And the Pink Pony and Max Fish. These places aren't there anymore, young man. Now I'll tell you what I recommend here on Ludlow Street. Now see me to my room. 
I hope you haven't made my room into the lobby. So then I go up to my room and they're like, we'll bring your bags. I'm like, great. So then my friend, he texts me. I have another friend that lives in LA and he happens to be in New York as well. And he's like, Hey, I'm down in little Italy. You want to have a glass of wine? I'm like, do I? Yes. Let me change my clothes because I'm all sweaty. Uh, but they're bringing up my bags. It takes 900 hours and fine. I had to call the front desk twice. I'm like, the guy said he was coming right up. It's been a half hour. Like, can they bring my bags or is there an ETA? I just need to get something because I'm trying to go have a drink. Then the guy comes in my room and he brings the bags in and then he just starts walking around my room. I'm like, excuse me, excuse me. He's like, so this hotel, I would like to tell you the history of it. I'm like, but ain't no history of this hotel because it wasn't here when I started doing comedy next door. The history is that this hotel was the Luna Lounge, sir. Again, where I began my comedy career. I mean, seriously, he's telling me the history of this hotel. It's two years old. And tonight we're having our Mr. Purple event. Please stop talking. Please. The old woman has had enough for one night. (sighs) (sighs) But my life has given me many amazing travels. And that's why I'm excited, you guys. I am so serious right now about away luggage. Seriously, seriously, you're going to freak the frig out (laughs) when I tell you about it. So, okay. And look, I'm not trying to like brag, but they did send me one. Okay. They did send me one that I could use and it's fucking amazing. So I've been dying. This is, you know what I really like I had on my list is like, I just want all luggage that matches, but some things that can be really expensive, right? Well, away luggage is very affordable, especially affordable because they sent me a free one, but then I bought the rest. And honestly, like for as much as I travel, it wasn't a lot of money and it's those hard shell cases. They can hold a lot and they have plugs in them. You can plug your phone in. They have chargers in them, in the, like the outside of the luggage, you plug your phone into it or your, it's amazing. So it's away luggage, our new sponsor. I have all of their suitcases, first class luggage at a coach price. So these are our new friends. They're thinkers, seekers, designers. Their focus and inspiration is movement, the time of transition, exploration, and surprise. They create special objects that are at home on the road that carry you forward, making your trip easier and in a small way, your life better. Take it from me who travels all the time. Even if you don't travel a lot, don't you want the one time you travel to be as easy as it can be? Because there's going to be stuff since you're not used to it that's going to drive you crazy. Wait, I take out my laptop or I don't? Do I keep my socks on? Or do I pour liquid all over my head. Why not have a suitcase that is ready for you? There's nine colors and four sizes, the carry-on, the bigger carry-on, the medium or the large for extended stays. They're all made with premium German polybicarbonate, unrivaled in strength and impact resistance, but they are very lightweight. 
They have a patent pending compression system, which is good for me because I'm an overpacker. So that means it compresses all your clothes that are in there. 360 degree spinner wheels, TSA approved combination lock built into the top of the bag to prevent theft. Removable washable laundry bag inside keeps your dirty clothes separate from the clean and both sizes of the carry-on are able to charge all cell phones, tablets, e-readers, and anything else that's powered by a USB cord. A simple charge, a single charge of the Away carry-on will charge your iPhone five times. You've got a lifetime warranty. If anything breaks, they fix it or replace it for life. 100-day trial. That's a lot. For me, that would be exactly the length of like my tour. Like I could take these on tour and return them. Um, but I won't because I love it. Live with it, vibe it, travel with it, Instagram it, you guys. If at any point you decide it's not for you, return it for a full refund, no questions asked. If I worked there, I'd be like, I have a question. Why are you so dumb that you return this? This is the greatest suitcase I've ever had. Take it from Jen Kirkman. Free shipping on any away order within the lower 48 states. The carry-on sizes are compliant with all major U.S. airlines. And if you're in town, please visit the Away retail store in New York City. So this is just for you New Yorkers. You can go to the actual store there. Um, You don't understand the life-saving feature of it charging my phone for me. You, I mean, of course you understand. You can just sit there in the airport and charge it anywhere. You don't have to find one of those seats that has a plug in it. It's unreal. And it's so lightweight, I can carry it up and down the stairs by my little old self, because as you know, I am staying in a walk-up when I'm here. So here's how you can do this. Use promo code JEN to get $20 off a suitcase. So go to awaytravel.com, A-W-A-Y-T-R-A-V-E-L. You know how to spell away in travel. Awaytravel.com slash JEN and use promo code JEN during checkout. You get $20 off of a suitcase. So this is a special promo code just for iSeam Fun listeners. It isn't some, it's not, it doesn't mean Jen Aniston. She's not giving you $20 off a suitcase. I am Jen Kirkman, the Diary of Jen Kirkman podcast. Away.com slash Jen. Use promo code Jen for $20 off a suitcase. You're going to love them. I promise because I do. All right. So anyway. All she does is complain about things. I'm not complaining. Get your head out of your butt. Oh my God. So I had an awkward, I had this like, this is like a day in my life. So, uh, (coughs) sorry, my, I am friends with, uh, director Edgar Wright, right? I didn't mean to say right, right. Um, we became friendly, I don't know, over a year ago. I met him in London. He came to one of my shows. We're like, oh my God, let's hang. We're having so much fun. We he, we have all the same, he's friends with every comedian ever. And uh, that's just like the great community of comedy. Like if one person who's not quite in, is a stand-up, but he's funny, but he's in the world. And then like, you're like, oh, this isn't a psycho because they're friends with all my friends and we're all friends. So we had a grand old time in London. And then he was like, oh, I'm editing this movie. I'm editing this movie. And I didn't ask what it was about because I didn't want to, I didn't know if that was rude. <laughs> but um, I mean, he told me a little bit about it. 
And then uh, it's out. It's called Baby Driver, which, and I love it. And so he uh, was like, oh, you can go to a screening. And I know he's been having them all over. And, you know, it's like he invites friends and influencers and, you know, there's some fancy people. And so I went to one of the screenings in New York City last week. So, you know, it's like private invite only. And it was in this little theater called the Metrogram on the Lower East Side. And I came by myself. So first of all, you know, I was like, it's not a fancy event. I could literally go in jeans and a t-shirt. It's just one of those like, you know, if, I mean, whatever your vibe is and you own it, like that's how you go. Now, he's the one that put me on the list. And when I checked in, the woman reading the list was like, what's the name again? And then the guy behind her was like, I know her, let her go in. So at these things, there's always a red carpet inside. And you know, and you're in front of the, they call it a step and repeat. You're in front of the uh, thing that has the logo of the movie and everything. Now, it's not paparazzi. It's like paid photographers from like Getty Images. You know, anything, anytime you see red carpet image. So basically what happens is if your publicist is there, the photographers, the publicist will make sure that your name and picture are on a list that the photographers have. And so then the publicist goes over to them and goes, hey, uh, Jen Kirkman is here. Do you have her? Oh, the, yeah, you see it. Okay, great. Okay, Jen. And then you walk the red carpet and they go, Jen, Jen, over here, over here, over here. So it looks like, I mean, in real life, if like Angelina walked down, they they wouldn't be like, who is this? Like they'd yell Angelina, but they yell your name anyway, because they're just trying to quickly get you to look at their camera. Cause they're just trying to speed through, but it sounds like there's this frenzy of them needing to get your attention because they're so excited, but that's really not what it is. So I didn't like run it through a publicist or anything that I was going to this. So, but I do think because I was a direct guest that probably did have a picture in there with my name, but I did, I didn't know. And I didn't want to risk it. And I walked in and there was like these like Amazon tall women with like gowns on and like tits out. I'm like, what is going on? Like I had my little blue lace dress that I got at rent the runway. And I was wearing like these gold shoes, but like I'd gotten like an uneven spray tan on my feet because I put those little booties on and I didn't realize the shoes didn't cover up the part that wasn't spray tanned. And I was on like a mad dash for like, you know, that socks with heels look that some people are doing. I found these like fishnet white little, thank God for Urban Outfitters, fishnet white little like ankle socks that I wore with my little gold shoes and the white fishnet matched the white lace in my dress. So it was really cute. And it was very on brand for me, but it was one of those things where I was like on the red carpet, I might look like kind of a weirdo, you know, like it's not fancy, but it's fun. But it was just like, I didn't have my hair done very nicely. Like I just didn't feel, well, no, my hair was done. Actually. I went to the dry bar, but I just like my makeup wasn't professional. I was just like, Oh, like this is, Oh no, I'm not in this mode. And I just was like, am I dumb? Like, am I never going to get ahead in these ways? Cause you have to be good at that kind of game. Now there'd be no getting ahead. Cause I was in a red carpet thing, but every year I get invited to parties like that, that are like, have to do with the Emmys. And like, you would see me, you know, like I get invited to fancy parties all the time where like, 
the next day, if you looked online, you'd see me in these professional photos, but I skip them because <laughs> I'm embarrassed. If I don't, if I'm not nominated for an Emmy, why am I going to all the Emmy parties? Like just so that my picture can be in the thing. So it looks like I'm in the game. I mean, I guess that's why people do that, but I just can't be fucked as the Australians say. So, um, the couple of times I've done a red carpet picture, I've actually been at an event because I needed to be there. I'm performing or I'm getting a thing. So anyway, I just didn't stand in front of the thing, but I was kind of feeling bad about myself for like 10 seconds up in the balcony. I'm like, why don't I ever have the poised? I'm always running from a thing. I ran from my writing job. I dropped my bag. Oh, thank God. I had the New York thing going where I had like a change of clothes in my bag and my computer and all this stuff. And thank God I had just enough time to run back to my place in Brooklyn, drop the bag off and switch it out for like a clutch. And then I ran back into town. Oh my God. If I showed up like, Hey everyone, I just have, this is my lunch bag. I mean, it's crazy. So I enjoyed the movie a lot. Now I don't like guns and car chases normally, but I thought this was fantastic. And it's a great movie for anyone that just like loves music and they always get the earphones on. And I was just like, except for the guns and the stuff I really related, it was great. So then the after party, I go to that and I don't really know anyone there. And it's like dark and on this roof. And I'm like, so I run into a friend of mine. I'm like, oh, hey, I haven't seen him in years. And the whole point of the movie that like Edgar Wright is seeing in interviews is like, he's had this thing in his head for 21 years. He's had this song by John Spencer Blues Explosion called Bell Bottoms in his head. And he's had this scene in his mind for 21 years. And this is how long it takes to make your vision come true. So the whole beginning of the movie is that song. And like, I know John Spencer Blues Explosion. I'm not a fan and I'm not not a fan, but ultimate respect, of course, for them. And uh, John Spencer was there. Now, I once I was introduced to him, I'm like, oh, right, this is him. And you can just tell, like, people in music always look a little different than everyone else, like, in a good way. That's the look I want. Like, I'm never going to look like the Victoria's Secret model, which I don't want to look like. I mean, it's a very generic kind of, I mean, if I'm on the beach, I'd probably like to look like that. But I'm saying, like, in an event, like, no, it's not the style I want to go for. But I want to look more deliberate. Like, I look, I just need a more, like, polished look. Anyway, what am I saying? Oh, so I'm talking to my friend and John Spencer and his wife come over to talk to my friend and they're all talking and no one introduces me, but it's totally fine because it's just like two people have joined the conversation. And then my friend was like, Hey, do you guys know each other? I'm like, no, I'm Jen. And then he didn't say his name and I'm like, fuck. And then my friend was like, Oh, this is John Spencer. I go, Oh, Hey. And I go, okay, congrats on the movie. He's like, I mean, he wasn't being a dick, but he was kind of like, okay. And I was like, no, that's so cool. Like it's the whole literally the entire song plays. And I'm just thinking like, look, I, I know he's been around forever. I've not been around forever, but people are still just finding out about me. And like, you know, eventually if you stay in the business long enough, you'll be carried by your new fans, even though they weren't alive when you (laughs) started doing what you were doing. So if you're lucky, you get waves and waves each generation. So I was like, not that he's not utterly successful, but I was like, that's so cool. May I said, may everyone in America buy that song. And his wife kind of looked at me and I was like, not that they don't have it already. Oh God, that's not what I meant. I just meant it must be so cool. Like you must, uh, there's going to be a whole, whole new bunch of people that know your stuff now. And uh, I don't know why I just like seemed to be offending him. And I was like, fuck, I'm sorry. Am I, 
am I saying the wrong things? And his wife just like, what do you do? I'm like, oh, I'm a comedian. And she goes, oh. And I go, I know I'm not being very funny right now. Not that I'm trying to be. I go, I'm sorry. But nobody was letting me off the hook. And then my friend was like, oh, and started talking to someone else. I'm like, don't leave me in the most awkward moment. And I started talking to him and his wife for a minute. And I was like, I'm sorry. I've made such a bad impression. I literally was just like, I'm just going to walk away. (laughs) Like, what is wrong with me? This is what I'm actually like, is like, kind of shy and awkward, but also I still don't think I said anything wrong. And I'm not saying he was offended. He was probably just bored. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm so much cooler than this. Why am I? I just like, wasn't in the mood for a party. I don't know. I was just like in my head. I was just in my head. I was like, I don't know. I really don't. I was just like, I'm sick of being a wallflower who doesn't, I don't know. I don't know. I'm such a weirdo. Anyway, that wasn't like the greatest story of all time, but I'm just an idiot. Is that what that was about? Okay. Folks, if you buy tickets to my tour, hashtag it, hashtag JK tour 2017. It's been working out great. And then the clubs are loving it. So what I do is I retweet it and then I at the place I'm performing and they get all excited. So please do that. Take a picture of your ticket, just something. Okay. And just be like, I'm so excited. Um, I really can't wait to tell you about the jewelry thing I have coming, but I'm not allowed to yet. And I met with them the other day and it was like, I went to like a real New York city jewelry place that like, not a jewelry store. They're like a company. They're like a brand. And I was like, Oh my God. And they showed me the the items that I designed. And I was like, Oh my God. And I approved them. I'm like, well, let's make that one like this. And I was like, is this really happening? I was so excited. And I've got all my samples and then the photo shoots next week. And I'm like, when do I get to announce it? Because you guys, it's going to be bombardment city. The marketing behind this is going to be me annoying you. Um, That's the marketing plan is that I annoy you with all the details. So don't worry, even though you might be real curious right now to know what I'm talking about. Once you know, you'll be like, shut up about it. But they're only going to be on sale for three months, you know? So great Christmas gifts, everyone. Okay. What am I saying? What am I saying? I don't know. I don't know anymore. Write a review for this podcast, right? I don't know. And give it five stars and subscribe on iTunes. I got to get back in that top 100, you guys. It's embarrassing that I'm not. What is happening? Hey, shout out to the woman who's married to the stunt driver in that movie. I don't, that stunts driving was so crazy. I don't know how you stay married to someone that does that without having a nervous breakdown. Um, oh, all right. I've got some listener emails that I haven't read. This one is like a response to, okay. This was like two or three months ago. I read an email about a wedding, um, Hi, Jen. I just wanted to let you know that the very day that you read my letter on your podcast about us not having plus ones at our wedding, I got an RSV card, RSVP card back from one of my cousins on which she had written in plus guest. All I could do was laugh and laugh and laugh. Okay. So I guess this woman was saying, oh, I just sent out my wedding invitations and we don't have plus ones. Will you write me back and let me know what your cousin, like, did you then call your cousin? What happened? Oh, by the way, I was on The View this week. 
first of all, okay. I'm in a coffee shop and I took a picture of my foot and I tweeted because it was a child hitting my foot and I tweeted about it and I said, the the mother's nowhere to be found. There was no anger in this tweet and I wasn't like, oh, the kid's bothering me. I go, this isn't my child. I thought it was funny. It was funny to have a kid so close to me that wasn't mine or in my care. I said, his mother's nowhere to be found. He was on the floor in a Brooklyn deli. You know what I mean? It's just like... His mom was outside on the phone. Like, I wasn't judging. I wasn't like, fuck this kid. And everyone, like, kind of went crazy. And people just started infighting. And all these moms were losing it. And then somebody posted it on their Facebook. And everyone intimated that I was saying kids shouldn't be out in public. I mean, they shouldn't. But that's not what I was saying. So then it gets on The View. So I'm sitting at work. And we're in the writer's room. And my friend texts me, hey, you're on The View. Don't ask why I'm watching The View. And he sends me a snapshot of Whoopi Goldberg and it says like comedian trolled on Twitter for child joke. So then like, uh, my friend sent me the video clip and Whoopi's like, now I, I don't like children. I was on a train and someone was like, Whoopi, you, you love children. Here's my child. And I was like, get that thing away from me. So all the ladies on the view agreed that moms have to look after their kids in public. It is not up to me to, to discipline the kid or do or babysit them. And so somebody said to me, leave it to Jen Kirkman to get all the ladies on the view to agree on one thing. Now, here's the deal. Whoopi was like, she's a very funny young comedian. I'm like, oh, maybe I'm young to Whoopi. But young, this old bitch been in it 20 years. She's like, she's very funny about it, but she never said she's been on this show. And then everyone was tweeting me, oh my God, you were mentioned on The View. It's such a big deal. I'm like, bitch, I was on The View a year and a half ago. People, how quickly people forget, right? That's right, John Spencer, Blues Explosion. That's what I was talking about. All the new people find you all the time. Don't at him. Oh my Jesus Lord. Do not, Lordy, do not at him on Twitter and be like, Jen told a story. He did nothing wrong. I'm saying I made an ass of myself. It, he probably thought I was implying, hey, finally someone will buy your music. I bet that's how he heard it because that's how I would hear it. Anyway, so I was on The View. I didn't even know someone had put it on like one of those mommy blogs. You know, They've mentioned me on The View before when my first book came out. They didn't have me on, but then they put the cover up and they were like talking about not having kids. And I think Elizabeth Hasselbeck was like, I think it's terrible not to. And Barbara Walters was like, I think it's wonderful not to have a kid if you don't want one. That's not how she talks. That's the word. Everyone does the same Barbara Walters imitation. And I do some weird, she sounds uh, uh, Russian. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing. Oh, when I get back to town, I'm going to go to a special Sunday therapy session. I'm in the therapy in a month. In a month, people. What? You've never been at all? Oh, my God. You've got to try therapy. You're going to love it. Oh, I know. You don't have health insurance. Oh, I know. It's expensive even if you do. Oh, I know. Some therapists aren't even open on weekends like mine is. I know. You work all crazy hours. I know. You can't find a good one in your area. I know. I mean, you online shop. You don't have a top shop in your town, but you online shop for that. So why wouldn't you use online to find a therapist? That's why I love our sponsor, Talkspace. And I just, just go to the website, Talkspace.com. Just like look around. See what it's all about. It's amazing. 
It's important to take care of your mental health. There is a lot going on in the world. There is a lot going on in your life. Some people feel bad that they don't care about what's going on in the world. Some people feel bad that they're so solipsistic, is that a word, about their life. And I think we should just stop judging ourselves and we should just start understanding ourselves. So it's hard to make it to a therapist's office sometimes and it sure is expensive. That's why I love Talkspace, the online therapy company that connects you with a licensed therapist for just $32 a week. And when you use coupon code Jen or offer code, whatever you want to call it, Talkspace.com slash Jen, J-E-N, you get $30 off your first month. It's basically like a week free. You can talk about any, you can talk about politics and guess what? Your therapist isn't going to yell at you if you have a different opinion. You can go to your therapist and go, Bernie would have won and they can't say anything back. You can go, Trump's the greatest thing in the world. They can't say anything back. You can go, Trump's the smelliest poop in the world and they can't say anything back because it's it's not a debate. It's not your, your parents' 4th of July dinner table. It's not a barbecue where people are going to start getting into arguments and shooting off fireworks. They're just there to listen and to offer some insight into the insight you've already given them. I'm not going to tell you how your session's going to go. It's going to be way more amazing than how I just described it. But I'm just saying they are there to be not judgmental. So you want to work on becoming a better person? Talkspace can help. Using the Talkspace smartphone app or the website, Talkspace.com, you can text and audio message your therapist as much as you want. Oh my God, unheard of, except with Talkspace. And for a reasonable additional fee, you can have a video call as well. So again, Talkspace.com slash Jen, or use coupon code Jen, $30 off your first month, and to show your support for your podcast, but mainly show your support for yourself, Talkspace.com. Thank you, Talkspace. Okay, so let's get back to these listener emails. So I liked this woman's, uh, is that a cake? So remember we were talking about men. Oh, the men's, they just say whatever they want to the women's is on the street. You remember that episode? It wasn't like anyone was hitting on me, but it was the guy that was like going to yoga and the other guy that was like, that's a big wallet. Well, we've had ladies writing in about ridiculous things that men feel they need to say to them. Can you believe we have a fucking president that tweeted about a cable news host? Her face was bleeding from a... What woman would go with a bleeding face to a fucking event? No one. All right. This time, I mean, obviously, Morning Joe, I've never been a fan of, and I don't really trust him. I mean, I... I don't know. I'm not going to get into it. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. You can say my name, Lynn. Okay, I will. I just finished listening to your podcast episode, Jen Explains Things to You. Oh, that's the name of the episode, sorry. And had a similar encounter tonight with a man that exasperated me. I was meeting my husband and a friend of ours for dinner at a restaurant. I had arrived early, so stopped in a nearby store to pick up a dish for my mother-in-law for her upcoming birthday. The associate at the store was kind enough to box it up for me. See photo. Oh, I, I didn't see the photo, hun. Sorry. Why don't I just said hun like that? I was... I don't know. I didn't see the photo, gal, lady. But uh, I... 
I think we'll understand what you mean here. Um, when I get to the front of the restaurant carrying a box in my arms, there is a group of approximately eight people, women and men, just standing around talking and blocking the entrance to the restaurant. I say, excuse me, from about 10 feet away to get them to preemptively move for me. No one moves. I say it again louder and keep walking. Two ladies looking at their cell phones move so I can pass, and a man nearly steps in front of me to block my way and asks me, is that a cake? I shot him a look and flatly said no as I kept walking and entered the restaurant. This is the shit that really burns me up. I know you get it. I know your female listeners get it. In what world does it matter in the slightest to that random guy whether or not I, a perfect stranger, have a cake in my box? That's what she said. It's not like I would have invited him to share it or anything. I just wanted to shout, I don't know you, so what the fuck does it matter anyway? But I didn't because I figured I'd be stared at by everyone and then I would have been the one being called a jackass. So I kept it short and sweet with my very firm no and I kept walking with purpose. This is my normal course of action unless I'm in a particularly surly mood and so far it has served me well. That jackass didn't even have a retort. Thank you for sharing your stories with us. Thank you, Lynn. Everyone, women, keep writing me, iseemfun at gmail.com, about not dudes hating on you sexual harassment, but dudes just doing things to you in public that they would never do to a man, but they claim it wasn't because you're a woman because they can't, you can't name it as being a sexual thing, but you know it's sexism because they're treating you uh, like you're supposed to be there for them to say whatever they want to. Get what I'm saying? I just want examples and examples of this so guys can know what we're talking about. Okay, this is a good one. Unself-aware people. Jen, I loved this story about snoring. Oh, yes, snoring at the sound bath. In college, there was a bridge that connected the two parts of campus separated by a busy street. One day, when I went to climb the stairs to cross the bridge, there was a long line to get to the stairs. A line for the stairs, very strange. When I got to the landing of the stairs, halfway up, I saw the reason for the holdup. A girl was sitting there with her backpack next to her, talking on her cell phone. This was like in 2003 when cell phones were still kind of new and when people used them for talking instead of the internet. Streams of people headed in opposite directions had to carefully step around her. I was so annoyed that she was so unself-aware that as I walked by, I kicked her. A little. Not hard, but hard enough. Out of the corner of my eye, I saw that she stopped talking and looked up at me, startled, and I just kept walking like it was an accident and like I didn't notice I'd kicked her. So satisfying. I don't regret it, and I look back on that memory with fondness. Someone who's holding up traffic by sitting on the stairs should be kicked, gently, so they can become aware they're not being good members of society. Aaron. Oh, my God. I love that you kept that story in you for 14 years. That's been burning in you. That's fucking great. Uh, I told my story of people being slow on the subway, or maybe I told on an episode that doesn't come out yet. Okay. Office noise sensitivity. Hi, Jen. You can say my name. I don't think I put it in here. Okay. I recently realized that I am very sensitive to noise. I feel overwhelmed and uncomfortable when I hear loud sounds like horns and sirens. Even my alarm has to be a soft twinkling sound. Oh my God, you guys, do you know that feeling? Like this guy in my office, I don't even know him. He works in a different department, but I walked by his office and his phone was ringing and it's the sound I use for my waking up alarm. And I was like, oh, I just like Pavlovian, like I'm late. Oh God, I don't want to get up. Like, and I tweeted it one time. I was like, I, I, t- I found a funny picture of a woman like 
looking stressed out or something. And I was like, when someone else's phone ringer reminds you of something and all these people are like, Oh, I'm sorry. And I was like, what? Like people thought it was like about like a relationship thing. I was like, no, I, what? Somebody was like, I have memories of my abusive boyfriend too. I'm like, I don't have any abusive boyfriends. Like, no, I just, it reminds me of my alarm getting up in the morning. I just thought it would be more creative to say like, it fucks with your memory. I thought it was obvious. I was talking about like the trauma of getting out of bed in the morning. Oh, forget it. I can't write anything. People read into stuff. All right. Anyway. Um, oh, I'm laying down. I'm actually in bed on this one. But it's not my own bed, so. Oh, my God. So comfortable. I love hotel beds. My bed at home is super comfortable there, too. It's a Casper. Okay. There you go, Casper. Some free advertising. And I have the Casper sheets, too. <gasps> They're so nice. My bed feels like a fucking hotel room bed. It's the best. Okay. That's the best part about staying in hotels for me, is if the bed's awesome, I'm like, oh, oh, I still get to go home to an awesome bed. Win-win. All right. Even my alarm has to be a soft twinkling sound. Okay. While it is nice to know what's been bothering me, it has made me more aware of the noise pollution around me. I work in a quiet office where most noises are from a printer or someone's phone ringing. While these are irritating, they are no match for the sound of people talking. (laughs) How do you listen to a podcast? Water cooler talk makes my skin crawl as it is, but overhearing it through my headphones drives me insane. The worst noise of it all has to be from the woman in the cubicle down the hall from me. She seems to have a job where she wants to look busy and uses corporate jargon nonstop so she won't get laid off like the rest of her team. She spends six to seven hours each day talking so loudly on the phone that I can't even concentrate on what I'm doing. Oh, she's not even being productive as I've heard her have the same conversation for weeks at a time with no solution in sight. I'm not sure why she hasn't moved into one of the several vacant offices to hold her super important business meetings, but it's taking everything in me to not suggest it to her. I literally fantasize about yelling at her in her stupid corporate jargon language to shut the fuck. Wait, where's the letter to shut the fuck? Ah, you guys No. to shut the fuck. Where's the rest of it? To shut the fuck. Perfect stranger. Up. Oh. Instead, I grind, grid, grin and bear it, hoping one day to escape all this office noise pollution altogether. See you in November. Oh, I wonder what, where you're from. That sounds hellish. And I was going to, I hate when people go, noise canceling headphones. Those things don't fucking work. And don't even, no one tell me about them. It's also unpleasant to just have headphones in your head all the time. You know what I'm saying? Um, oh, well, this is an episode for the ages, isn't it? Oh, there's sirens outside just now as I speak. As I speak! You guys skipping any barbecues this weekend? July 4th is also when I became a vegetarian. I haven't eaten red meat since July 4th, 1990, I think. Or 90, no, 88. Holy shitski. 98, 2008. It's almost been 30 years since I've had red meat. That's why I look so young. 
I tend to bring these things on myself. Like why become a vegetarian the day of a barbecue? (laughs) I'm not eating meat anymore, everybody. But I really did want to be left alone about it. But you have to tell people why you're having just a bun with cheese on it. I mean, that's the early days of vegetarianism. The early days of vegetarianism is like the early days of anything. It's just like you just have the lowest level of everything. You're like, I have a futon without a frame. I've got a bun. I don't know how to be a vegetarian, but I know I don't eat meat. So I guess I'll just have a bun. Hey, s'mores, everybody. Like, I'll just have a bun and some s'mores and then I'll get bloated. But, oh, Anyway, sometimes when Rachel Maddow explains things, I'm like, okay, I'm not stupid. Why does she annoy me? By the way, if I ever met her, I'd be like, oh my God, you're the best. Let's hang out. But sometimes when I watch, like I don't watch MSNBC at all. I don't watch television news. I'm not trying to like brag, like I'm too smart for that. But I'm in a hotel and I just like to have it on in the background. There's just so much exciting stuff going on um, with Donald Trump. But, uh, you know, she loves being known as the explainer. She's like a woman's explainer, you guys. Um, yeah, and then after the Morning Joe thing, it happened yesterday from when I'm taping this. So I woke up early this morning and put it on. I'm like, what are they going to say about it? I couldn't believe how much they went on about it. Like in a good way. It was like, ooh, interesting. Oh my God, Donald Trump's a fucking president. He's the fucking president. Everything, I know that July 4th isn't, well, it is kind of a, look it. People are just going to light fireworks and be like, thanks to the troops. And that's not what the 4th of July is. But it's also not having Donald fucking Trump as president. A fucking reality show star reality show star. They'd be like if Kate plus eight was president. Well, for you Americans, happy July 4th. May we find independence from this nonsense and win back our great republic, the shining beacon of democracy and freedom. Not for everybody. Not for the people we enslaved and brought here and women and You know, everyone that didn't get their rights right away and still don't have them. But you know what I'm saying? In general, it's a beautiful country filled with beautiful people that I get to go visit every year. And even, you know, everybody condescends to all of you, right? Like everyone I talk to, these aren't Hollywood elites or coastal liberals, just like anybody is like, do people laugh at your jokes outside of New York? I'm like, they laugh harder than ever. Harder than ever. People in the big cities like LA and New York are some of the worst fucking audiences because they're so used to seeing entertainment that they're just like, like, I don't know. They're just more jaded. So anyway, I like everywhere in America because I have a specific fan base that I'm lucky enough to have and they are all lovely. I've loved meeting all of you. I don't know why I'm doing this like sentimental thing for July 4th. America, America, God shed his and crown my good with brotherhood from sea to shining sea. 
Until next week, have fun.